morning, I just want to speak to us very briefly on the cross at the cradle. 2,000 years ago, when, when uh, in a little city, in a town called Nazareth, Joseph and Mary were engaged to be married. And before they could get married, before they could come together, God intervened and interjected in their lives with something that probably really shook them. An angel of God, the angel Gabriel, appeared to Mary and said, Mary, I've got news for you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you're going to conceive by divine power and you're going to give birth to a son. You're going to give birth to a son. And this son, he, he is going to be called the son of the highest. He's going to sit on the throne of his father David. And he's going to rule over the nations. And of the increase of his government, there will be no end. And Mary responded and said, you know, how can this be? I don't know a man. And the angel said, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And this child will be born By the power of God himself. And when Joseph found out a little while later that the person he was was going to get married to uh, had conceived and was carrying a child. It was a big embarrassment and he was getting ready to put Mary away. When an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, do not put Mary away, but take her to be your wife. Because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Don't put Mary away. And so Joseph obeyed that word. And during that time, Caesar Augustus, the emperor, issued a decree that everybody needs to go back to their hometown uh, to get registered because he was doing a census. So Joseph and Mary were living in Nazareth. They had to go back to Bethlehem, the town that Joseph came from. And they journeyed back to Bethlehem in order to registered themselves for the census. And in Bethlehem, Mary delivered her child in a manger, a cattle stall, a place where they would feed animals because there was no room in any one of the hotels, no room in any of uh, the other places. They ended up in a real dirty, messy manger where this baby was born. That same night, when Mary delivered her child, there were angels that appeared to shepherds who were out in the, uh, 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 taking care of their sheep and said, the angels announced to the shepherds, saying, you know, today, in the town of Bethlehem, in the city of David, a child has been born. And this is good news to all people. Because of him, there will be peace on earth and goodwill to all men. So go into the town, you will find a child in a manger. And so the shepherds made their way back to Bethlehem. And they found, as the angels had told them, this little child in a manger. And there were wise men from the east who saw the stars and they understood that something significant was happening here on earth. And they journeyed all the way to Jerusalem, to to, to Judea. 
And they inquired of the king saying, you know, there is the king of the Jews. He's born in this land, in this region. Can you tell us where he is? And somehow they inquired. They found out that the, the word of God said that out of Bethlehem will come the ruler of the nations. So these wise men made their way to Bethlehem. And they arrived at this manger where they saw this little child. And they bowed and worshipped him. And offered him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. So who was this baby that was born that night? A baby born supernaturally by divine intervention. A baby whose parents had angels speak to them and inform them that this child was going to be a great king, a ruler of nations. Who was this baby whose birth was announced by angels to shepherds? Who was this baby That wise men from the east would come all the way just to worship him. Who was this baby born in a humble, dirty, messy manger? The Bible so clearly tells us that this baby was no ordinary baby. But this was the God of this universe. The creator of all things. The one who sustained everything. Who holds everything in place. That he had decided to become man. And this baby was Emmanuel, God with us. As the prophet Isaiah foretold, and and he spoke and said, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulder, and his name is Wonderful. Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government, There will be no end. So this baby born in a little cradle set in a messy manger was none other than God becoming man. When when deity wrapped himself with humanity to step into our world, he did not choose the luxury of a palace, but the lowliness of a feeble cradle set in a messy manger. So the life mission of Jesus, as this child grew, and when he came to about 30 years of age, Jesus began ministering and talking to people. He began announcing a kingdom from another realm that was invading our world. He he began to teach things about this kingdom which challenged the normal thinking of man. He healed the sick. He opened blind eyes. He cast out devils. He calmed the stormy waters. He multiplied food to feed the hungry. And he did many, many amazing things. But yet, he made this statement. He made it so clear to his disciples. That his primary assignment, the primary mission for which he was born, was to die at a cross. He said things like this. He said, I... And the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He said, I have come not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. The Bible says in several places, the Bible says that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. There is one God and one mediator between God and man. It is Jesus Christ who gave his life as a ransom 
for many. The baby in this cradle was destined for death on a cross. But what happened on the cross? The cross signifies the greatest triumph ever known to man. The cross is not a place of defeat. The cross is not a, fail, not a place of failure and, and, and an unaccomplished effort. But the cross is, and, and the resurrection that followed is the greatest triumph, the greatest victory mankind has ever known. Because on the cross, the Bible so clearly teaches us that Jesus bore the sins of the whole world. He who was sinless and pure became sin with every one of our sins. And the judgment that you and I were to bear for our own sins was laid upon Him on the cross. So that today, since Jesus died, buried and was rose up and was raised from the dead, today you and I can have forgiveness of sins. And we can enter into the very presence of God because of the cross. On the cross, the Bible teaches us Jesus triumphed over every demonic power. He triumphed over Satan. He disarmed every demonic power. And the Bible says through his death, he defeated the one who had the power of death, which is the devil. Mankind was under the control and the domination and the oppression of demonic spirits. Men and women could become the sons and daughters of God. And we could become co-workers of God. Ambassadors of His kingdom all because of the cross. So in the future of that feeble cradle set in a messy manger hung a cross. A place of great triumph and victory. So today when we look back It's amazing to see his place in history. I wonder if you and I can see what they saw. When they knelt, when Mary and Joseph, the shepherds and the three wise men, knelt beside that feeble cradle in a messy manger, they didn't see just another little child. But they saw the king of kings. They saw the Savior of the world. They saw past the cradle. And in some way got a glimpse of the cross. The place of great victory and triumph. The place where all of mankind would be totally delivered. Jesus' place in history is so unique. Jesus never went to college or seminary. He never wrote a book. He never held a public office. He never registered a trust. He never had a family. He never owned a home. He never put his foot inside a big city. In fact, he never traveled 200 miles from his home, the place of his birth. And though he never did any of those things that usually accompany greatness, throngs of people still followed him. His only credentials was himself. 
While he was still young, the tide of public opinion turned against him. His followers ran away. He was turned over to his enemies who sentenced him to a death between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property he owned at that time, his own coat. His body was laid in a borrowed tomb given to him by a compassionate friend. But yet three days, this Jesus arose from the dead. Living proof that he was, as he claimed to be, God, Emmanuel, God with us, the Son of the living God. Over 19 centuries have come and gone. And today, our Lord Jesus Christ is unquestionably the central figure of the human race. On our calendars, His birth divides history into two eras. One day of every week is set aside in honor, in remembrance of Him. Our two most important holidays celebrate His birth and resurrection. On church steeples around the world, the cross has become a symbol of victory over sin and death. This one man's life has furnished the theme for more songs, books, poems, dramas, movies, and paintings than any other person or event in all of history. Thousands of colleges, hospitals, orphanages, and other institutions have been founded in honor of this one person who gave his life for us. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the governments who ever sat, and all the kings who ever ruled, had never changed the course of history as much as this one person, Jesus Christ. No one else holds the kind of place Jesus has in history. The triumph of the cross and the indelible mark on human history began in a feeble cradle set in a dirty, messy manger. Of course, in the mind of God, this was preordained and foreknown. But in time, it began in such a lowly way, in such a humble manner. Friends, this teaches us something very, very important about God. That this is the way God works. In the messy mangers of our lives, He sets His cradle where He births His purposes through us. And every cradle that God sets has a promise of the cross. A place of great triumph and victory ahead of it. Many of us would have discovered that life is not a bed of roses. Life is not a cruise on still waters. Life is not a blissful sleep in a hammock set on a sunny seaside resort. 
what many of us would have discovered is that roses come with thorns and still waters can have storms and blissful hammocks can get rocked by windy weather. And this, in many of us, leaves us with a messy manger that we find ourselves in. So what about the manger in your life, in mine, this morning? The mess that we might find ourselves in because, perhaps because of our own choices, but perhaps because of our own weaknesses, perhaps because of what people have inflicted on us, the injustice, the wrongful deeds. Perhaps there were things outside our control, born in a family where parents didn't care for you, or born and abandoned by parents. Whatever your manger is, that you and I find ourselves in today, we must understand that God Almighty wants to put a cradle in our manger. The cradle represents the place where God seeks to release divine purpose in the midst of our messy manger. For each one of us, the cradle could be something different. It could be an opportunity that knocks itself on your door. It could be somebody who comes into your life who can hook you up to your future. It could be a counselor who comes in and speaks direction into your life and sets you on the right course. It could be certain skills and talents that suddenly you discover within you, which then propels you into your future. The cradle that each one of us might find may be different, but the fact remains that in the mess of our mangers, God will set a cradle. And for every cradle, There is the promise of a cross. The cross is that glorious place of victory. It's that glorious destiny that God wants to take you. The cradle may seem so feeble, but the cradle has the promise of a cross. A place of great triumph. A place where dreams are accomplished. A place where destinies become realities. Many times, the cross that God sets at your cradle is far bigger than what you can do on your own. Sometimes it seems unreal, unbelievable, unachievable, impossible. But that's God. The Bible plainly tells us with God, nothing will be impossible. The cross is God's declaration of the end from the beginning. Because the God of the Bible is the God who declares the end from the beginning. And from ancient times things that are not yet done. Now the journey to the cross may not always be easy. It may be filled. With challenges, sometimes with pain, with humiliation and cruel mockings. Jesus put it this way. He said, unless a grain of wheat 
falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. The road to fruitfulness is often paved with a thousand deaths. But then, victory comes. Triumph comes. And God makes all things beautiful in His time. Therefore, you and I can encourage ourselves knowing that our present situation is no indication of our final destination. Your present situation, whether it's a messy manger or a feeble cradle that you're looking at, is no indication of your final destination. Your final destination is a place of great victory. It's the cross. And the challenge for you and I, while we're at our feeble cradles, is to be able to see the cross at the cradle. The manger... The cradle, the cross. And yet all of these are meaningless without the Christ. The most important thing is not the messy manger. It's not the feeble cradle. It's not even the lifted up cross. But it is the Christ. Without the Christ, the manger is just a mess. The cradle is just an empty stand. And the cross is just a hollow symbol. It is the Christ who gives meaning to the mess in the manger. Who creates purposes and destinies in our simple cradles. And it causes victories and triumphs on the cross. Wherever you and I are this morning. Whether you're just, you find yourself in a messy manger this morning. And you're saying, God, what is all this about? The most important thing is to receive the Christ in your messy manger. Whatever it might be, He is able to come in and make a difference. 2,000 years ago, the King of Glory Stepped out of eternity, stepped into time. The God of creation stepped out of his throne room in heaven and he stepped in to a manger. And I believe he's willing to do that for you and me today. He's willing to step into our messy mangers. Perhaps things that we caused ourselves, whatever, however it might have come, whatever it might be, the King of glory is willing to step in this morning. For some of us, what we need is to discover our cradle. And God is more than ready to set a cradle, a place where He can release destiny in your life and mine. Whatever that cradle would be, God is ready to set in a cradle in our manger. For some of us, maybe we are at the place of triumph and great achievement. But you and I still need the Christ at the cross. Because without the Christ, the cross is just an empty symbol. 
It is the Christ who brings significance to every victory, to every triumph, to every accomplishment, to every achievement. Without it, it's just a meaningless work. We must embrace the Christ. We're going to take a moment to pray this morning before we dismiss. I do not know where you are in life. I do not know what your situation is. But I want to invite you to embrace the Christ at the cradle. Can we just bow our heads for a moment of prayer, please? Perhaps this morning you find yourself in a messy manger. There is no cradle. There is no hope of a cross. All you find yourself in is a mess. God is not ashamed to step in there with you. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. In the mess of our sins, in the mess of our sicknesses and diseases and afflictions, Jesus Christ is able to come in and reverse it all. He's able to turn our curse into a blessing. He's able to remove our sin and make us clean in the eyes of God. He's able to heal every sickness and disease and make us whole once again. If there's anyone here this morning and you find yourself in a mess and all you need is Jesus coming into your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me with all the sincerity you can, with all the strength that you can get together and just cry out to Jesus. The Bible says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So it doesn't matter how big your mess is. It doesn't matter how deep a hole you've dug for yourself. It doesn't matter how far you've sailed from the shore. It doesn't matter how deep your darkness is. Jesus Christ is willing to step in there with you. If you will call on Him. Whoever you might be. Would you invite Jesus in? Would you pray this simple prayer with me? Requesting the King of glory, the God of all creation, the omnipotent, the omnipresent, the omniscient one, the God who has the answers when we have only questions, the God who has the solutions when we see only problems. Will you take a moment right now to pray this prayer with me and invite this King of glory into your life? Just say this with me. If you've never done this before, If you've never invited Jesus into your mess. Pray this out with me. Lord Jesus. This morning. I ask you. To come into my mess. Come into my life. Forgive all the wrong I have done. Heal every sickness and disease. Make me your very own. Make me your child, O God. I don't have the answers. But Jesus, I embrace you. The answer. Come into my life. Thank you for doing this, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you prayed that prayer with me for the very first time? Could you raise your hand, please? If you pray this prayer with me very first time, anybody else? I see the hands going up. Great. 
Put your hands up. Anybody else who prayed this prayer with me? I see several hands here. Let's give them a good hand. If you prayed this prayer for the very first time, I see several hands on the balcony as well. If you prayed this prayer for the very first time, I want you to know that Jesus Christ has come into your life and He will make all things new. Because the Bible says if any person, any person comes into Christ, he becomes a new creation. I want us to pray for two more things before we dismiss. I want us to pray for the cradle in the manger. For some of us, you're saying, God, show me what is my cradle. What is that one thing, God, in my life through which divine destiny can come? What is that one thing in my life, Lord, through which heaven can invade earth? I want a cradle in my life where Christ can be born. Maybe you've tried a thousand things. You attempted several different things. But you still haven't found the cradle. But this morning we want to pray. Can we pray about that together? Let's close our eyes right now. If there are people here this morning. And you're saying, God show me my cradle. That thing in my life through which divine purpose can be released, oh God. I want you to pray with me right now. And just make a simple request. God. Show me the cradle, Lord, in my life. It may be a skill, a talent, an ability, an opportunity. Somebody you send into my life. Show me my cradle, God, through which divine destiny can be released here on earth. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we pray for people seated here, God. Lord, each one of us want a cradle. Something in our life through which, oh God, the King of glory can be manifested and released here on earth, oh God. Set a cradle in each of our lives. Help us to discover this in our lives. Oh God. Lord, whether it's going to be a new job that opens up for us. Whether it's going to be a change in our career. A change in the course of our, the direction that we're taking. Whatever it might be, set a cradle in our lives. Through which heaven can be released here on earth. Through which divine destiny can be birthed. Through our mortal lives. And lastly, I want to pray with us. For the grace to see the cross. Many times we look at the messy manger. We look at the feeble cradle. And we drown ourselves. With hopelessness, self-pity and despair. Because we are not able to see the cross at the cradle. We are not able to see the end from the beginning. We are not able to see... The greater glory from the humble beginning. But this morning, would you please pray with me and say, God, help me to see the cross at the cradle. Help me to see divine destiny being fulfilled, dreams being accomplished, purposes being achieved. Help me to see the cross. Help me to see the end from the beginning, oh God.
Father, right now in this place, open our eyes. Because of God, the storms of life, the winds that blow, often blur our vision. We're unable to see past our problems. We're unable to see past our pains. We're unable to see past the here and the now. Oh God, open our eyes, we pray. That we will see the end from where we are today. Give us the courage to journey to the cross. But we will fulfill what you have ordained for our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.